Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Ed Montes from Massachusetts, the CEO of GPS Track It. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. So you're you're up in Massachusetts, and I'm down literally uh, a couple exits away from your all's world headquarters here in uh, Roswell, Georgia. I love that. You can go and check on everyone for me. Yeah, I drive by. It's Holcomb Bridge Road, I think. I drive by all the right. time and see the sign. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get, I'm going to get into uh, GPS track it and, and what you guys got going on, but I'm curious of how you went. I was looking on your um, LinkedIn, you were at the school of law in Boston university. So how in the world did you get from there to being the CEO of GPS track it? Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long, uh, a long journey uh, with lots of twists and turns. You know, I, uh, I was the first person in my family to, uh, to go to law school um, and didn't really, you know, sort of know what I was going to do after. Um, I just had parents who told me I have immigrant parents. I'm first generation American. My parents told me I had to either be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, so I had a bad chemistry teacher somewhere along the way and, uh, you know, felt more comfortable applying to law school. So I did that, um, went to law school and, um, had thought I would do something more in the lines of like, you know, banking law, or finance law, and really had set myself up to do that. And the, uh, the place I was working um, moved locations. They moved to, uh, to Pittsburgh. So I was a Boston kid, born and raised, and uh, had anticipated being in Boston. And, and when they got bought and moved to Pittsburgh, I said, oh, I got to go find something else to do. Um, so uh, my parents had always been a big, big influence in my life. And they'd always um, done, you know, been very involved with the community and church. Um, and, uh, they said, Hey, why don't you go talk to these, these people who are interested in you? They are uh, at the uh, district attorney's office. And I said, mom, I've, I've taken one criminal law class, which is the requirement. I thought, you know, I thought I'd do something different. So I just go talk to him. It's good. It's uh, it's good to interview. And I did. And, uh, you know, come to find out, uh, I went to work for the Middlesex district attorney's office and spent three years there, uh, super competitive process, but really, um, I, I describe it as sort of like an apprenticeship uh, for anything you do later in life because you're having to make decisions quickly. You're having to, um, you know, decisions that really make an impact on people's lives. You're getting asked questions all the time by judges and sort of the, in, in the courtroom, um, having to put arguments together and, uh, and really think on your feet. Um, so I, I, and, and present and, and, you know, talk, you know, public speaking and whatnot. So, I think it really prepared me for anything I was going to do later. But 
Um, this was around 2000, I guess, when I'd done my third year there. And, and I was really interested in, in uh, you know, Internet had, had, had really started to peak and I started to become very interested in technology. Um, and I went to work for a, for a technology startup in the, in the Massachusetts uh, area. Um, and, uh, that position, I did some legal work, but I was also starting to do some more deal work, you know, helping them acquire some companies and some websites. And I was, I was three, four years out of law school at this time. So still, still fairly junior, but with a great, uh, management team that mentored me. And along the way, I just kept on working, moving closer and closer to both, uh, technology companies and to, you know, sort of management of, of technology companies. Um, and, uh, ultimately, um, find myself here, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a it's, a you know, the legal, legal start, which I think really helped me. Um, and then just kept on working in different technologies. So how did that door open at GPS track it to become the CEO? I mean, that just doesn't fall on your lap or did it? How, how, how in the world did that, uh, opportunity come your way? Yeah. So, so prior to, uh, GPS track and I had worked for a company in Boston area called data zoo and, uh, there's another technology company really focused on big data and analytics and making decisions, um, mostly for marketing and advertising companies, uh, but sort of like if you think of it as a decision platform, we're helping them make uh, sort of best use of their investments in, in uh, media and marketing. And uh, we sold that company as part of the management team, sold the company at the tail end of 2019 uh, to Roku, the uh, streaming TV mm-hmm. service. So it sort of became part of Roku's technology platform. Uh, and after a few months of transition, you know, I had sort of decided I was going to take a break and and do something, you know, different, um, sort of complete some some fatherly and, and, and husband duties around the house and a couple, you know, home uh, renovation projects and whatnot. Um, and as, as we all know, right, March of 2019 was sort of when the world came to uh, to an abrupt halt, uh, sort of peak COVID and, and everybody got sent home, including my kids who were in college and, uh, and my little ones. Um, and so I was, I was home. I was, you know, technically unemployed or retired or however you want to think about it. Um, and got to spend some time helping them through that, that, that period. But then I, I kind of knew I always wanted to get back into, uh, the, the workplace. And I wanted to work for a company that I saw, um, as having a huge opportunity to make an impact in the communities that it worked in. So, you know, some, some, someone like GPS tracks folks on small, medium sized businesses, typically in the services market. So you really have a big community impact. Um, I also wanted to work at a company as a technology company, a software mm-hmm. company. Um, and then my third requirement was I wanted to find a company or an industry, um, which I think I did that, that, requ- you know, sort of has a lot of underlying data opportunities. Um, when you think about us having 12,000 customers, uh, many of which have a number of different sort of vehicles and assets. All of those vehicles and assets are reporting data into our platform. And I think that that data, frankly, is underutilized both from us and a, from a product standpoint today, but also by our customers. So I wanted to, to try and help these businesses grow by helping them take advantage of their data ultimately. And that's sort of the, the journey that I'm on here. Okay. Now, how is it, uh, how, how many employees does GPS track it have and how is it managing all those people in different cities and different countries? How, how do you establish that leadership on a global scale like you are? Yeah, no, that's no, a great question. So we're about, let's just call it roughly 200 employees today, maybe 210 employees. We actually have about 30 openings. Um, so, you know, probably you're, you're approaching 250 if you were fully employed uh, with offices in the Atlanta area, uh, Lakeland, Florida, 
as well as Cali, Colombia and Lima, Peru. Right. So those are our main uh, footprints. We also have a slew of, uh, of employees throughout the U.S. that work remotely. You know, people we have about, you know, a, a good number of people in the California area, Texas, uh, more people outside of the, of the headquarters uh, in, in Georgia, Florida, et cetera. So people all over all over the U.S. Um, and I would tell you, you know, it's an interesting experience. You know, I, I worked I've always worked in an office up until, you know, to, until this job, uh, which I started fully remote. So I think, you know, managing people, obviously, you have to have a good management team, good, good, good managers. Um, and uh, I, I feel that we have that here. So one is, you know, sort of trusting them helping them guide their teams and steward their teams. I think the other thing is you have to be very visible and, and very active. So we use a number of different uh, communication tools um, at the company, obviously email, telephone, Zoom, or, or you know, whatever your web preference, webcasting preference or video uh chat uh, preferences. Mm-hmm. We also use an instant messenger application that, you know, I'd say the entire company is on all the time with different channels, like, you know, trying to recreate like the office water cooler online um, and lots of phone calls, right? I feel like, you know, my day is filled with, you know, video chats, phone calls, um, trying to stay connected to our employees, our customers, our investors, you know, the board that I report to. So just, just constantly communicating that I think is probably the number one thing. Um, And then since, you know, obviously that was 2019, that was sort of the environment I dropped into. We couldn't actually even physically see each other for the most part. And when I, when I first started, Um, you know, fast forward to obviously restrictions ending and whatnot. uh, But now we have this environment where, you know, I'm in Massachusetts. My COO is actually in Kansas City, CFOs in Chicago, technology officers in Georgia. So how do we, you know, what do we do? Well, you know, we try to physically gather um, as a leadership team on a regular basis. Um, we go to headquarters on a regular basis right there on Holcomb Bridge yep. Road. Um, you know, meet with teams, bring people in from different parts of the company, travel to different, you know, to different areas where we have concentration of employees, whether we have an office or not. Um, and really just try and be present, communicate, um, you know, show, show the teams. Like I was actually in uh, Cali, Columbia last week, all, all week. Uh, we just opened a, a brand new office there um, and had all of the uh, Latin American employees plus some, some U.S. employees go there for, for that grand opening event, do meetings and just, again, constantly showing your employees you care enough that you're going to get on the road, I think is, it goes a long way for credibility building and then just continuing to communicate. Yeah, it's been an absolute delight. I work with uh, Dana and Carolina and Angelica. Hopefully I said their names right. Um, but it, they're, uh, they're very um, prompt with their communication and on top of things. And, and they've been a, a very pleasure to work with. So you, you got some gems on your marketing team. Yeah, thank you. So tell us, and, and just to put it into context, Ed, yeah. our audience, we're the Green Industry Podcast, the most yeah. listened to podcast in the lawn care and landscaping space. And so we have guys that are listening to you right now that own landscaping companies, they own lawn care companies. And so how can GPS track it help the efficiencies and the monitoring for somebody who owns a lawn care business or a landscaping business with, you know, multiple crews out there? Yeah. So um, first of all, you know, I'll tell you, we have a, a wealth of experience at the company, um, you know, sort of beyond myself and beyond the, the employees you mentioned, a lot of uh, seasoned uh, uh, professionals who've worked with, you know, I'd say college 
services companies in general and then specifically lawn and landscape uh, companies right so mm-hmm. it's it's great to draw upon that experience and then we have you know approximately 12,000 customers throughout the company and I'll tell you about half of them are in the services industries and then some portion of that obviously is lawn landscape and, and other green industries as, as, as you cover mm-hmm. um, so I think having some experience or what we've learned look I, I boil it down to I think there are like three really important components of, of any services business specifically, right? So one is um, your customers, obviously the most important, right? Without customers, none of us are in business. Um, and so we have to help you um, somehow as, you know, we have to help your, your, your listeners and the, in the one landscape company somehow, how do we either help them acquire more customers or, or retain customers or satisfy the customers they have? So that's, so that's one component of it. And then the other component of it, the other two sort of part, you know, part two, a and B are, your employees. So how do we help you more effectively or efficiently manage your employees or make your employees more successful um, mm-hmm. or, or create more utility out of them? And then the, the part B, which, you know, obviously employees are an expense, generally speaking, is like, how do we help with expenses? And and so when I was thinking about that, it's like, okay, what are, what, what can we do from a customer standpoint? Well, our software, we're not, you know, we don't offer, uh, you know, sort of customer acquisition tools at this time. So ways for you to gain new customers. Um, but what we do offer um, are tools that will give you know improve your customer service, whether that's sort of on-time arrivals at job sites, if that's something the customers are experiencing, you know, we can help you sort of guide them there. Um, there are the opportunity to sort of uh, figure out you know how much time does someone need to be on a job site, right? Because we obviously get the arrival time and the departure time of any vehicle or asset that's there. Um, anything that we can do to sort of improve that um, customer service. From the from the uh, client standpoint, we want to do, um, and and generally speaking, we actually hear um, from our customers that they get like a thirty five to forty percent improvement in customer service time. So you know how how well they can actually uh, or how timely they can be on site if there's a time commitment, um, how quickly or effectively they can move through routes if it's a route based business, right? So you know helping them either planning routes mm-hmm. um, or even just managing the amount of time spent on site as we talked about it. Um, or also just having information about, hey, where is um, a, a particular setup or vehicle or asset uh, so that I can tell my customer, hey, I can get there to you today, I can get there tomorrow, or I can get there within a certain time frame. So I think all of those things create for a better customer experience. I think that's that's part one, right? Again, mm-hmm. none of us exist with as businesses without our customers. So we want to do everything we can to improve the, the experience there. And then I think the other one is, um, sort of employees, right? So how do we help with employees? Lots of different ways that we can do that. Obviously, we're managing or, or providing data, providing analytics around where is the vehicle, um, any information that could be provided about sort of the, I guess, the way the vehicle is being operated, whether it's you know being driven um, safely uh, from a speed standpoint, from a braking standpoint, from a hard turning standpoint. Um, you know, where, you know, when is it arriving on job sites as we talked about, et cetera. Um, and, you know, to the extent that, you know, we obviously offer um, sensors um, or devices that can manage sort of the vehicle uh, with and without video. Right. And mm-hmm. if there's video, then there's video um, available to, you know, sort of, uh, I guess, uh, on-road video as well as dash or in-cabin video available as well. So you can actually even monitor, you know, is my, is my driver doing all the things I wanted to do from a safety standpoint, putting on a seatbelt, following too closely, et cetera. And we can provide prompts and alerts. So 
managing the employees from that perspective, right? So, you know, sort of the effectiveness and, and the amount of time spent on sites, the routes that are being driven, as well as um, the way the vehicle is being driven. And in fact, another big one that we see a lot of services companies, like I bet many of your um, listeners, their names are probably on their vehicles or their names may be part of, 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 their, uh, of their company name. Um, so there's a huge sort of brand protection um, aspect to it, right? It's like, where is my vehicle? If I stop <laughs> for lunch somewhere, if my vehicle is stopped for lunch somewhere, I want, you know, do I want my brand to be there? Or is my vehicle, you know, being taken to places I don't, I don't want to right. be associated with? <laughs> or even sometimes like, hey, how's it, how, you know, they'll, everyone's like, oh, the 1-800, how's my driving standpoint? Mm-hmm. That's true in services fleets as well, right? Probably even more so because we mm-hmm. tend to, you know, many of our service customers tend to be in denser residential areas, right? Mm-hmm. There's kids, you know, school just started. How are they driving around those areas? So, so there's a brand reputation standpoint as well that we can help the uh, the uh, owner operators with. And then there's the expense side of it. You know, I always think of these businesses and some of the, the conversations I've had with our customers that are in the services and, and landscaping in particular, which is like, hey, like, what are your big expenses outside of employees? Well, typically the next biggest capital purchase tends to be the vehicle and then obviously tools, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, how can we help sort of take care of the vehicle. Obviously there's the security standpoint, know where your vehicle is, track your vehicle, all those types of things. Uh, but then also like, you know, we have a maintenance module. Um, how can we help you sort of make sure that your, that your vehicle is being maintained um, as we would all uh, you know want it to be. And, and that's being performed regularly and you're keeping track of it, et cetera. So improving the, uh, the sort of the longevity um, and effectiveness of the vehicle. Um, and then, you know, then there's other things, right? Like I, given the recent uh, events and potentially maybe, you know, future events, I always look at ways that our customers can save money. Right. And I think fuel savings is a huge opportunity and that we could be doing more to promote this to our customers, but also our customers could, could be sort of more effective in the use of, of some of the technologies that we have, you know, idle time reduction, I think is sort of the lowest hanging fruit in terms of fuel savings. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's probably other things like route optimization. You know, how can I get you know, the most, you know, kind of increase my route density? How can I increase um, or decrease my travel time? And then lastly, it sort of goes back to that employee and that driver behavior, you know, excessive speed and harsh braking, those types of events that, that, that can use up a lot of fuel. How do we, um, you know, how do we, how do we cut down on those? And, you know, we have driver behavior scorecard that helps you manage your drivers, et cetera. So I think all, you know, it's like starts to customers and basically goes to expenses, employees being the biggest, you know, sort of ongoing uh, non-capital expense and then vehicles being your biggest capital expense. So I think we can help you in all three. Um, and I want to develop more tools that help you know, our customers be more successful in all three categories as well. Don't forget to grab your ticket to attend Equip Expo in Louisville, Kentucky, this October 18th through 21st. Use my name, Paul, and you'll save 50% off. The Equip Exposition is the event of the year for those who work in our line of work. There is no better trade show to test before you invest in new products, innovations, and even ideas for your business. You can talk to the teams behind the most useful machines, products, and technology that we use daily and then test drive them for yourself in the nearly 30-acre outdoor demo yard. With 25-plus education sessions, two nights of free concerts, and networking with thousands of pro landscapers, this show is the future of your business. Register at EquipExposition.com. 
Ever wish you could monitor your vehicles, drivers, and equipment in live time to improve routes, enhance job site planning, and save your business money? Well, with GPS TrackIt, your wish is our command. When you integrate GPS TrackIt with your company vehicles, you get a 24-7 view of your vehicles, so you operate at crazy levels of efficiency. It's money-saving, peace of mind lawn and landscaping companies deserve. Ever wish every day was Donut Friday? Us too, but we can't help with that. Talk with one of our fleet advisors. No pressure, no hassle. Call 1-844-996-2518 or visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to learn more. GPS Track It. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You're out there in the field mowing lawns, making money, working hard. But for every dollar you make, you're worried. Worried that you spend too much, worried that you won't make payroll, or worried you'll generate a big financial mistake. Simply put, you don't know your numbers. You're not alone. The Landscaping Bookkeeper has helped dozens of eager lawn care owners organize their numbers, learn the language of business, and build a solid financial foundation. Start your journey from simply earning money to creating a long-lasting source of income today by scheduling a free 15-minute phone call at thelandscapingbookkeeper.com. Hi, this is Jason with Lake Tap Landscaping. I used Paul's price increase letter this off-season in February. Sent it out to all my clients for a minimum 10% increase and was able to get 100% acceptance rate from all my lawn maintenance clients. It's a great decision to uh, raise your prices on a yearly basis. You can pick up the price increase letter at greenindustrypodcast.com. I'm super curious, Ed, about the video. Can you elaborate on what footage you're getting of the street view, of, of the truck view, and uh, just how that process works? Yeah, so we have a couple of different camera options. Um, but, you know, just to describe it, you know, there's a there's a 360 degree view of the of the street in one option um, there. Well, actually, and then there's a you know, we have a uh, forward only or, or road forward only um, camera option as well. We have a two way option. So road forward as well as um, in cabin, sort of giving you being able to see the, the, the passengers in the cabin of a vehicle. Um, and then we have auxiliary cameras that you can add you if you wanted to have a camera tend to be larger vehicles. Hey, I want to have a, a camera that is showing me, um, you know, sort of the rear view um, or, you know, if I have a trailer attached, maybe it's pointed, you know, down past the trailer, et cetera. Um, and, you know, we can have uh, sort of different uh, capabilities um, or you have different functionality uh, with the video setup. But generally speaking, People are using it um, in, a, in a couple of different ways. I mean, I would say the number one use today in all video telematics and all sort of dash cam um, recordings is, you know, sort of risk mitigation. Um, hey, you know, there's 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 been an accident. I've had a series of accidents. My van, my my van or my my work truck's been banged up. How do I sort of avoid that from happening? Or if it happens, how do I avoid from always being at fault because I'm a commercial vehicle? Mm-hmm. Um, so risk mitigation, I would tell you, is probably the number one uh, usage of all video. Second is probably related risk mitigation is if, if I have 
uh, uh, video equipment. I can generally lower um, my insurance expense, right? So I can show my insurance carrier, my broker, my agent mm-hmm. that I am uh, that I'm taking advantage of all of these safety technologies, and I can lower my my insurance expense. And then the third is, uh, and and probably not in this order in terms of importance, but the third usage is is exactly what we said, which is sort of uh, driver safety, driver behavior, right? Making sure that the technology gives you and our, our AI technology that some of these cameras setups have um, artificial intelligence that tell you, hey, you're driving, your speed is excessive, um, you know, you are following too closely, uh, you you know, driver looks like they're falling asleep, you know, wake them up in cab, you haven't put your seatbelt on, etc. Um, so really trying to take care of, of our most important asset in terms of, of you know, safety, which is our, our employees and our drivers and our technicians. Um, so that, that's sort of how the technology works. But you get, um, you get real-time live video at any point in time from the application. You can click in just like you're looking at me and I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a look at the roadway or you can have a look at the uh, in-cab. In-cab is, is um, a feature that you've enabled. Uh, you can also look at any um, sort of events, so uh, events driven. So if there was a following too closely event or an excessive speed, you can call up that video clip and look at it. But God forbid if there was an accident, um, you certainly would have the recording of that of that accident available to you. Um, and you can, uh, you know, you can call it up and use it for, you know, sort of, you know, factual or evidentiary purposes, how, whatever it may be. So those are some primary reasons. There's some cool features too. Like one I love is you can wake up the cameras if the vehicle's asleep. So if you allow your employees to use your vehicles, obviously, or to take your vehicles home, again, it's for that same situation, where is my vehicle off hours? Well, you can always get the GPS uh, data and coordinates from us, obviously, from a location standpoint, but you could actually wake it up and take a look around as to uh, where, you know, is this a safe place for my vehicle to be? Um, you know, do I want it to be there or not? That kind of thing. So that, that's, a, that's a cool little feature that we have. Ed, can you uh, walk listeners through the process if they want to uh, get started with GPS track it? What equipment do they receive? How do they get synced to the software? Can you give us the simplified version of of how you guys can um, you know help the folks listening right now get underway? Absolutely. Uh, so from a uh, from a you know from a from a hey I want to use the application uh, to get up and running. So the first thing happens obviously you know you you know talk to one of our account executives, they would set you up with the right equipment depending on the make, model, and usage of your vehicles. Um, obviously, more and more of this market, just from a fleet tracking standpoint, is become about sort of plug-and-play devices, devices that plug simply, you know, simply plug into your OPD port um, and you know can be installed by anyone, quite frankly. Um, when that's the case, obviously, the, the device, you know, we, uh, we ship the device to your house. Um, once that arrives, all you really need to do is um, install the device. Once the device is powered up, you know, sort of, um, it, you know, will uh, acquire the uh, the GPS location. And not as it's driven, obviously, it'll start to acquire the vehicle uh, data that that is provided. Um, and that's sort of how you get the device started in your vehicle. Similarly, if it's a video camera, depending on sort of you know which camera you select and whatnot, um, we try and. Um, we try and, and provide uh, sensors, if you will, whether it be video or um, vehicle monitors or fleet management monitors that are really, really easy to install from our perspective and hopefully from our customer's perspective as well. 
get your get your cameras installed, get your get your device up and running. Once the data is being provided into the application, or even before so, you can go um, and set up. Depending on how many vehicles you have, how many drivers you use, you can set up uh, uh, all of sort of the the goodness that the that the application provides. Everything from um, you know assigning drivers to vehicles and making sure that your vehicles are inputted in the application. Um, and then using things like, for instance, which I think are you know, super important for uh, landscaping companies. It's like, hey, I, I want to set up, maybe I have uh, vehicles that should only travel within certain neighborhoods because that's the only routes they have. So I can uh, set up some sort of geofence um, or, or sort of landmark unit that tells me, hey, um, this vehicle is in or out of the landmark it should be in. Um, also, you can start to set up things like, I want to, um, I have a route that, uh, you know, truck two always runs cause you know, it is, it's my, it's my cutting route or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, you can set that route up in, into it so you can actually monitor, Hey, how is my route disposition going vehicles going from stop to stop? It's taking so much time in between. Um, or if you have new jobs, Hey, I want to optimize my route from, you know, you know, my last, my last uh, house to my next one. So you put that in, you know, put the addresses in, um, and then the, the application will, will help you, um, you know, optimize your route. Um, and then on and on and on, really depending on how you want to do it, you can set up your maintenance monitoring as we talked about. So again, assign the vehicle, um, you know, sort of set up the maintenance schedule that you want to maintain for all those vehicles, um, all the way to something that's probably not well, well enough known here is like we have a field service uh, module, uh, which allows you to set up both forms. Hey, I want to have some forms that my drivers complete at every stop um, or at every job, uh, as well as uh, two-way communication with the driver um, through our application, so mobile application to to a desktop application, or or set another way between a vehicle and its driver, um, and uh, you know wherever the manager uh, who's inputting information to them is. So it allows you to do things like. You know, complete information like, hey, I'm on site. Um, I've started the job. I've finished the job. I'm adding X to it. So all those types of things. Uh, and then obviously, once you sort of have all the information and you start using it, the data is being collected. Then you have the opportunity to really sort of use the the analytics suite, if you will, or the reporting suite. So, hey, I want a stop report produced daily. Great. You set up your report once. Um, you can have that automated to to function daily, and it, you know as easy as I can go in and look at it, or I can have it emailed, uh, you know, to whatever device is is most convenient for me to monitor. So we try and really make things as simple, and we we have a, an ongoing, um, I guess you know, sort of uh, mission to make the software as easy as it is to use, as as easy as we can to use for our customers. Totally. So you receive the device. It's super easy. It's just like getting the codes for your truck. You just put it right under yep. the steering wheel and the OBD port. And then your um, onboarding team provides training and, and, and walks you through how to understand all the op, um, options with the software. Yeah, actually, a, a really, really valuable point. One which I omitted, which is, yes, as soon as you place an order with us, you'll hear from our training team. Um, and they will either invite, you know, they'll, they'll help you schedule training, right. To help you get onboarded. Um, and that, uh, training is web-based, you know, video-based. Um, and there's lots of options there. You can either attend like a classroom type setting or, or a, a full, you know, depending on how many people need to be trained. Um, there can be one-on-one training, or there could also be, you know, we have a, a learning management system where we have recorded trainings that you can go back and view along with some, some cheat cards and whatnot. And training is free of charge from us. You know, we're not charging you, we're not 
asking you to pay us to help you use our system better. Um, and that was sort of the, the antithesis of trying to help someone be successful, right? Yeah, you guys make it very, very simple. It's The installation is a piece of cake. Uh, and then um, the onboarding is very thorough. And uh, there's you know a lot of opportunities within GPS track it, but for a lot of guys that just are out there, you know, cutting that grass, making that cash, it's just, yeah. you know, simple features of our gas station down here, Ed, as you probably know, is quick trip. And yeah. it's crazy how many landscaping trucks, not, they're not getting fuel. They're just chilling. They're eating their burrito yeah. and wasting company time. Um, you know, you, you can pick up on that real fast when you're tracking the vehicle, know where it's at. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else how we're leaving out here that needs to be addressed? You know, I just think that there's, you know, the, to your point, right, as simple as something as just knowing or, or collecting data and understanding, hey, my vehicle is stopped during these times of the day, understanding where that vehicle is stopped and, you know, is that making money for me or not, right? And obviously, we know people need to eat lunch. We know that people need to have, you know, break. We know that people need to fuel up. Um, but something as simple as, as, as your example is, is a great one, which is like, hey, can I drive some more efficiency into my business? And I think that hits on sort of the things I said before. It's like one is, you know, uh, you know, reducing my expenses, getting the most out of my employees and making my customers happy. Right. I mean, obviously the, you know, the trucks on the road, um, people being on time, um, or getting the, you know, the, the, whether it's cutting grass or something more complicated than that, um, getting people there, uh, the most efficient, efficient way possible and getting the most utility out of it. It's what's going to make our, our, the, the owners, general managers, you know, sort of the people responsible for the customer experience, um, more satisfied. And, you know, like that's the one thing I, I would say is like the more information, um, that your listeners and our, our customers can share with us about, Hey, here's what I really want to get accomplished. Here's what I need. Um, give us feedback, right? We are constantly trying to fine tune the application and, and the system, if you will, to make you more successful. Um, so much so that we even have a feedback uh, module in the application itself where you can make, hey, I'd like this feature, um, or you can vote on features that others have requested. Um, so just constantly trying to improve, right? That's, that's what I, I guess that's what life and business is all about, right? Is just trying trying to get a little bit better every day. And I would say that's our philosophy here as well. Um, but with us, is it's we want you to be more successful as our customer. Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate uh, Ed your time today and uh, for explaining all of this and explaining a little bit of your personal life of, of you know going from. Uh, Boston University to being the CEO of GPS Track. I'd always love to hear those success stories. So uh, it's been a, a pleasure to meet you. And, and thanks again for your time and for everything, uh, you know, working with GPS Track. It's been um, very uh, pleasant. So it's been uh, great working with your team. Well, I appreciate that. Those are kind words. And uh, I really appreciate uh, you having me on. It's great to to tell my story, but also I'm just so excited to talk about the company all the time because I really do think we can help people. Um, and that's what our mission is, is to help our customers. Cool. Well, thank you uh, for being on the show, Ed, and you have a great rest of your day and we'll stay in touch. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. See you. Nice meeting you. Bye. Nice meeting you as well. Well, guys, knowing where our vehicles are, that's just one of the many benefits of GPS track it. And I think the video, I think that's the way of the future, being able to see what's going on inside the truck, outside the truck. I think that is a uh, really good information and data to have alongside with the actual location 
of the vehicle. You don't have to have somebody say, oh, I'm at Mrs. Smith's house, Paul. I'm in the backyard. And they're at Quick Trip gas station. <laughs> Not that that's ever happened, right? It's like, y'all know. There's a really funny um, guy on Instagram. His handle, I think, Hard Hat Martin 96 He's the guy that does, hello, Mr. George. And uh, he did one the other day. He's like, hey, Mr. George, Pedro. Pedro took the company truck to the sports bar. That's no good for the company, Mr. George. And uh, that was a funny Instagram reel I watched. But it happens, y'all. And we need to know. Um, and we have, if we have that data of what's going on with the crews, then we can really, um, run things more efficient and, and, and know the truth of, of where the vehicle's at. And I think with the video, knowing what's going on in the vehicle, are, are, are guys sleeping? Are the guys, you know, on the phone or are, are, are they working and being productive, um, you know, during billable hours when they're on the clock supposed to be, um, serving our customers? Is, is that happening or is there other things happening and what's going on in the outside of the vehicle, you know? Like um, Ed said, God forbid there's a there's an accident, but having the truth of what occurred, if anything ever occurred, and with the equipment, I mean, there's so many uh, things that happen simply because it's not uh, being surveillanced and, and monitored. And so this is definitely the way of the future. If you guys want to learn more, uh, check out gpstrackit.com forward slash Paul. You can find out all the benefits of GPS Trackit. And if you want to get started, um, that's where you want to head as well. So uh, gpstrackit.com forward slash Paul and Mr. Producer will put that hyperlink in today's show notes. So really thankful for Ed taking time out of his wildly busy schedule to join us on the program today. And if you guys have enjoyed, oh yeah, thank you, Mr. Producer. Thank you for the reminder. We had a very nice rating and review come in that I've been meaning to read. So let me read that really quickly for you guys. Um, this came from Uncle Fodler. Check this out. Thank you, Uncle Fodler, for taking time out of your day. Uh, to give us a, a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, another great show. Thanks again, Paul, for bringing another great guest on the show. I need to make a coaching call with John Pajak as he is in a common region as I am. And uh, anyway, he goes on. He, my goodness, Uncle Father, he writes a lot. It's a, one to two sentences is more than enough. But uh, he writes a book, basically, of a review, which we appreciate. And uh, basically says... He needs to get his uh, numbers straight, and uh, he's looking forward to buying the materials at the Resource Center uh, with John Pajak with our budget break-even and bottom-line analysis. So thank you very much, Uncle Fodler. Uh, ratings and reviews are everything in today's society, and we appreciate another five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast. Uh, that puts us up to 336. So thank you, guys. Each and every one of those mean the world to us. We try to provide a world-class show to help you take your business to the next level. Thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you on the next episode of the Green Street Podcast. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.